And I'm Kelly, and we're two women, moms, and physical therapists revolutionizing pregnancy and postpartum care. There are so many things that women don't know about their own bodies. We want to help dispel the myths and let you know what's really going on down there. We're highly trained experts who work with women to prevent and heal super common issues like incontinence, painful sex, lower back pain, and And everything in between. Welcome to Ravel. I found the best article today. Why French women don't pee their pants when they laugh and you do. Hmm. Right? So this reminds me, I remember this and this like hit home. Um, Kelly and I are big fans of Emily in Paris. Um, and so they had an episode where I don't know her name, but she was like, just had a baby. Her boss. The, it was her it boss. It was her boss. Yep. And she just had the baby and she was like, oh my gosh, my baby was so big. They called it like, ooh, grande or whatever. And they made me stay three extra days to re-educate my pelvic floor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so incredible. Good but then for I'm you. like, yay, oh yeah. yeah, it's on like, you know, it's on Emily in Paris. But then I'm like, of course, it's because she delivered in France. As because you delivered in France, even yes. though she was American. So this is like comical. So did you know that in France, any woman who's delivered a baby gets a prescription from their doctor for physical therapy sessions to re-educate their pelvic floor? And in this article, it says, you know, that collection of muscles, ligaments, tendons, and fascia that support your pelvic organs helps you have enjoyable sex and stops you from peeing your pants. Pretty important stuff. I mean, right? I would say. <laughs> so again, in France, most most women do this because, again, they've talked to friends that have done it. And again, guys, get this. This is what's so crazy. After the six-week mark, French women and those from other European countries, they made sure to throw that throw mm-hmm. that in there, are encouraged to follow up with a PT twice a week for about a month and a half. What the hell? So that's 12 visits. 12 visits. 12 visits. And they say from there, if they've like exceeded the 10 visits that like, you know, it's always okay to ask for more. You might need some mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, why is this so novel for us in the United States? I don't know, but it's really unfortunate. I know. It really boils my blood. And I think that again, that this is this is why we created Ravel. Yep, yep. And this is the exact reason why we created Ravel. Ultimately, Amy and I both were having our own postpartum issues, yes. and we were like, "What the f?" And, and we're like smart too. Well, I mean, we're in <laughs> the medical field. Yes. We're in health and wellness. Yes. So I think you know we both thought we were doing all the right things. Yep. in pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, and then postpartum comes fast and furious, and Amy had her own issues and I had my own issues and we just refused to accept it as like, oh, okay, this is just going to how, how right. it's going to have to be. And unfortunately we knew better, yes. right? Because of the field that we're in, we knew that there was this thing called pelvic floor PT. So we knew what to do, mm-hmm. but unfortunately most women in the United States don't. And we think about like, like why is it even important to re-educate your pelvic floor after baby? Like, why is that even important? Well, let's get into it. So you deliver a baby either vaginally or via C-section. That's where they literally take a scalpel and cut the baby out of your abdomen. It's a major abdominal surgery. Major. Right? Like, and, and it's one inch above your, your pubic bone, mm-hmm. which houses your entire pelvic floor. And right. mind you, this like growing human inside of your baby or inside of your belly is sitting on mm-hmm. your bladder and pelvic floor for yeah. a really long and time. And we are here to tell you guys that just because you're either about to have a C-section or you've had a C-section does not put you in the clear for issues down in your pelvic floor. Uh, no. So think about it. You've had a major abdominal surgery. Like you guys, 
I love nerding out on this stuff and I like watch these things all of the time. And sometimes like I do not have a queasy stomach, but sometimes like I get the little shivers because it's so intense. Well, you just posted that video on our Instagram recently. And it's kind of talking about how like all the layers that they go through and everything. But then we watched your C-section video. Yeah. So Kelly could not watch her own C-section video until the twins were how old? They were like they were two. They were two. I thought they were a year. Yeah. Well, I had trauma. Oh yeah, you had a yeah. sweet Kelly. Not physical, but emotional. <laughs> yes, that was. Very- That's a whole another podcast. Twins, yeah, twins during 2020 hit of COVID. It was yeah. a disaster. So, so again, she had a lot of pelvic floor <laughs> trauma from that afterwards too. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you think major abdominal surgery, or you've pushed a baby out of your vagina, which passes through your pelvic floor musculature. So again, these muscles, and I've I've said this a million times before. When muscles stretch, right, if they stretch too much, again, like stretching a hamstring or an MCL or any tissue or anything like that, if you stretch it to about 150% of its original length, it causes severe trauma, sometimes tearing. The pelvic floor stretches up to 250% during labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that for the people in the back. You can do the math, 250% of the original length. Mm -hmm. And you think you ain't going to have no trauma? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then let's add in their perineal tearing. Yes. Right? So that for you guys. Oh my God. This one just 53 like- to <laughs> 79% of women experience some type of perineal trauma with childbirth. For the people in the back, 53 to 79% of women will experience some type of perineal trauma. That's okay. a lot. So let's talk about what the perineum is because we were like, okay, that's not that big of a doubt. It's like a little muscle or some tissue. No, that is the space between your vagina and your asshole. And so, <laughs> so imagine tearing muscles from your vagina to your asshole. Like, that's such a big deal. Like, why is this not like. Now, not all of them are going to be that no, big of a tear. They, they grade the tears. They do. So, However, one through four, I'll talk about okay. it really quick. One is the skin and the fascia and the connective tissue, right? That's like, but again, you have to think it's very highly innervated. So, a tiny mm-hmm. little, like, just tiny little tear, I mean, that can be extremely painful. Two is through the pelvic floor muscles. Three is two. The external anal sphincter, the thing that holds in your poo, and four is through your external anal sphincter. Right. But again, these muscles have severely stretched. Mm-hmm. So again, think about your athletes. I'm a big football fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Same. go dogs. And um, you think about these guys that go out and they have these cute big old ACL braces on or they sprain their MCL and they're out right. for the rest of the season. They did not tear their MCL. They overstretched their MCL and it has taken them out for the rest of the season. You're spraining or overstretching the muscles between your vagina and your asshole. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're oh. sent home and say, see you later. Oh, and here's congratulations. <laughs> no. Oh, I have to keep my them alive. Oh my okay, gosh. like what's happening? It's and ridiculous. so you really think about that. So it's like, so the perineum is a very sensitive area. And again, it can be from tearing, overstretching, episiotomy. That's where they actually use a scalpel and and make a slit in the muscles. They are still doing that. Yes, it's not they as are. common, but it's I not, had yes. a patient come in the other day that had it done. Mm-hmm. Prolonged pushing. So that second stage of labor, mm-hmm. it's like. I pushed, oh my gosh, for three and a half hours. Did you really? Sweet Maddie. I don't think I remember well, that. Now you know why I had prolapse. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> here we go. And then forceps or vacuum. I mean, that is like an automatic, Trauma. mechanical, yes. traumatic delivery. 
that we constitute mm. that already as a grade two tear. If mm -hmm. not more, we see a lot more obstetric anal sphincter injuries with forceps or vacuum. And right. this pregnancy alone. Just the stress yeah. and strain that the, yeah. these muscles undergo for nine, 10 months, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. So what do you see? So what can, so someone can, like we say, we hear all the time, be like, well, I had a baby and I didn't push her that long. So my pelvic floor is fine. And you're like, oh, that or that. I had a C-section and my pelvic floor is fine. So tell me like what, like what can happen? Like, okay, yeah. great. I had a baby, but like why pelvic floor? Why are we reeducating right. like our pelvic floor? Like what can really happen? Urinary incontinence is number one. So urinary incontinence is essentially the leaking of urine. Mm -hmm. Okay. The most common one is stress urinary incontinence. That's when we leak urine with coughing, laughing, sneezing, jumping, jumping, running, mm -hmm. um, you name it. So this is what I experienced after mm -hmm. having my first. And it was, it was pretty bad. And it, it really, it really humbles you. It humbles you. It, it scares you. It scares you. And you, I think you end up going, or at least I did down a rabbit hole being like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to run again. Oh my gosh. I'm never going to be able to like go to yoga again. I'm not going to be able to walk up down the stairs and carry my son because I'm peeing myself every mm -hmm. time I do it. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be scary. And we um, joked about it so much in the United States that it's just like, it's not comical. It's not. It's a medical condition. It's, and like, yeah. you would never be like, oh, dude, you know, I tore my ACL. Like, it's all good. You know, like, absolutely. No. Like, it's such a big deal. Yeah. And so I think like, we've got, as women, we have to empower each other. We mm -hmm. have to stand up for each other. We mm -hmm. have to demand more for each other mm -hmm. because this is absolutely unacceptable. Why are we so far behind the game? Like mm -hmm. this should be standard of care. And then again, so P, yes, we laugh about it, but I tell you what's not a laughing matter. <laughs> shit in your pants. <laughs> we yes. laugh about it now, but it's not funny. Yeah. So this is insane, you guys. Like, again, it's so common. We see this so often and it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how can we joke about the pee? But yet, like I said, it's the space between your vagina and anus that's been traumatized. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women experience fecal incontinence. And that's not talked about. No, that's because you it's, are it's leaking shameful. Yes. And it's, 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 unfortunately, it's, I don't want to say gross, but I mean, you're leaking yeah. poo. It's like, it's, it's for us, it's not, we see this stuff all the day. We right. love treating like anuses they are great. They're actually really easy to treat. Um, <laughs> but again, you think like leakage of stool or leakage of gas, like yeah. that's big. That's yeah. really, really big. And if we don't treat it early on again, later on in life, like again, if you're leaking poo, like if you're leaking pee, sure, throw on a pad, whatever. Like, oh, I can deal with this. I'm not going to pelvic floor PT. I'm not wasting my time or money. I can throw on a panty liner. It's no big deal. Well, you keep doing that, but whatever. Now, if you're leaking stool, the likelihood that you're going to be, I'm just going to put on a depend and it's fine. No, you're going to stay at home. You're not going to go out. You're not going to go to that yoga class. Um, you might not be intimate with your partner. Like this can really, really, really affect you. Mm -hmm. And so again, this, this leakage of gas or urine, this anal incontinence we like to say is really, really common. Now, Amy, how, how common would you say that that is? That I would say, I, I think, what, what did we look at the other day? It's like one in 10, mm -hmm. um, one in 10 women that experience perineal trauma. Hello that we talked about is very prevalent, mm -hmm. right? And we see this more with these like oasis injuries, these mm -hmm. obstetric anal sphincter injuries. That's your grade three and your grade four tears. Yes, great. Yeah, grade threes and grade fours. Um, a lot of this like mechanical deliveries, again, with forceps or vacuum, mm -hmm. it's a lot more common. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it, with this pelvic floor dysfunction, 
it, you can see this leakage of bowel, but again, there's so much, there's bowel retraining we can do. There's mm-hmm. balloon retraining, there's anal sphincter retraining. Muscle there's so retraining, yeah. much stuff that we can do, mm-hmm. um, to help with this. And the earlier that we can see you, the better, the earlier and we can see you, going the back to the urinary incontinence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been said that one in three women mm-hmm. who have had a baby may experience leakage at some point. So in my case, it was immediate. I, I, I realized that the second I got mm-hmm. home, I was having the issue, but sometimes, it can arise later on. It yeah. can be six months down the road. It can be five years down the road. Mm-hmm. So just understanding that I think can be empowering. And I think it's great too. Again, we had someone actually right before we started recording um, call and she's like, hey, I had a baby. I feel like I'm late to the game. I'm 12 weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, no girl, you're still very fresh postpartum in our book. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, but everything, my doctor cleared me for everything. They said everything's fine. But like my friends have been telling me like they didn't start experiencing like incontinence and some of these other issues until like six months postpartum. I just want to get ahead of the game. Why are her friends the ones telling her that first off? Again, thankfully they are. I'm happy that they are, but I'm just yeah. saying like, why are you going to your doctor and like, oh, you're good. You go for it, kiddo. Like, yeah. Yeah, good luck. I mean, it's our dream and our passion and our mission to yes. make this more standard of care. But again, unfortunately it's mm-hmm. not. And-, and thank you to those. Again, these physicians know who they are. I mm-hmm. mean, like we could shout out from their rooftops. Um, some in Atlanta, Haven, OBGYN, mm-hmm. Northside, North Point. Like these guys, you know, OB to me, these guys – they get it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would we tell them to wait? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is important. They get what we do. They see it's important. They're not like, oh, sorry. Well, you had a baby. What'd you expect? You know, that's that's absolutely unacceptable. Um, but then going into as well, like some of the other things that we see is prolapse. Prolapse is such a scary word. And I'll be darn, please don't Google it. Like get don't come off this episode and be like, prolapse. Let's check you out love prolapse. Talking about this topic. I love talking about prolapse because I have I have prolapse. Um, I have prolapse. Um, I will again, it's a vaginal wall laxity, right? Again, think the vagina is just the canal. Vagina is the canal, it's a shapeshifter. The vagina goes through the pelvic floor. The vagina on one side, the front wall of the vagina, the anterior closest to like the, the front of your pelvis houses again, right next to it. Think like a tiny little piece of cardboard separates the two as your urethra and your bladder. Then you have the vagina at the top of the vagina is the cervix. And then there's the uterus. And then on the back wall of the vagina, little piece of cardboard, and then you have the rectum. Well, again, remember the vagina is a shapeshifter. So if you're pushing babies out, if you have prolonged pushing, if you've like been holding your breath, been straining, chronic constipation, oh my gosh, yes, Mm -hmm. all of those things, think about that. That can really affect that that vagina. It's like the things start to push into that vaginal canal. They're not falling out of the vagina, Mm -hmm. particularly so. The cervix might get a little close. But it's like it causes this pelvic heaviness. It causes this falling out sensation. It causes mm-hmm. – it's not painful, but it's very uncomfortable. Right. It's like a tampon feels like it's falling out or you have like extra tissue in the area or some people describe it as like I feel like you have like a bubble in there. Or I'm sitting on top of a, yeah. like a tennis ball. Or a lot of friction. Mm-hmm. You get like a lot – you're like – I feel like I see my vagina very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's prolapse. And again, you have to think about these, these organs are held up by – by other ligaments and tissues. And if, if they don't have the adequate support from your pelvic floor, or there's too much pressure in certain areas, again, this is exactly what we treat. Again, those tissues over time get strained even more and more and more, and they put more pressure and heaviness. And now all of a sudden you're 65 and guess what? They're like, well, let's just do surgery. Uh-huh. Hail to the gnaw. Uh-uh. <laughs> because now, yes, I have prolapse. There's so many 
interventions that you can do, your pressure management. I can run. I can, I love to jump rope. It's my favorite. I love heavy weightlifting. I love heavy weightlifting. I will not give mm-hmm. it up. I have prolapse. I can do all of that. I am completely asymptomatic. But it's managed. Yeah, yeah. Zero symptoms. Right. Um, so again, it does not have to be your new normal. If we rehab it and we do it appropriately, it does not have to be your new norm. Yes. Oh, and, and I must then, talk about the goodies. The last one, most these are the most common. These are the most common. There's more that can, but yeah, um, is painful sex. Painful sex. And again, Why? going. We already don't want to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like in six weeks, painful, you're good to go. Like, uh, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's like you already are like dreading Ugh. sex anyway, and then so you do tired. it, and, and then you're like hurts like no other and you're like you um, know some of the common complaints or what are the so- common uh, things patients will tell you they're like it feels like daggers <laughs> I feel like I'm ripping in half yeah um, I feel like he's hitting a wall or she um it's it, burning it's burning it's a lot shards of, friction, of glass shards of glass like we've heard it we could I really mean, go heard, on you've forever. heard it all yeah um but again if you, you think if you've had a scar in that area, if you've had a tear, if you've had an episiotomy, if you've had overstretching, things mm-hmm. heal over time. They lay down mm-hmm. scar tissue. If it's not mobile, when you go and move it real quick with a penis or a device, it's not going to feel good. No. And please, please, please understand that we're not just talking about vaginal deliveries. Again, yes. it, this can also and is actually probably in my case, I think you would uh-huh. agree, yep. more common. Yep. Um with our C-section patients. We see more of that. Like, again, we've used the term before. It's called vaginismus. It's like this involuntary contraction or spasm of all of the pelvic floor musculature, Mm -hmm. and it causes severe painful intercourse, Mm -hmm. or it can. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think about, you have this major abdominal surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, your entire abdomen has been open, and it's insane. And you go home. They give you a baby. You got to take care of the baby. And they say, okay, don't twist, don't move, don't go up the stairs, don't lift anything heavier than 10 pounds. You're very guarded. Your poor nervous system is so upregulated. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of hold yourself in this kind of bent over, squeezed up mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. Well, that includes your pelvic floor. And you know what? Sometimes we don't even realize it. You're like squeezing your yeah. vagina for dear life. You're like, oh my God. I tell my patients, your body's response to trauma is to protect. It's your mm-hmm. fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And that typically will look like guarding. Yep. Muscles get tight and will protect that area. Yeah. Or even when we get stressed, we think I, I'm, yep. I like, again, I know my pelvic floor is overactive at times. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm like a fist squeezer. Mm-hmm. Oh, jaw clencher. Jaw clencher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oftentimes with that, we see, again, that's like newborn life too. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like, oh my gosh, can I keep this human yeah. alive? Yeah. I don't know how the hell you did it with two. Um, praises to you. But it's like. Twins, twin you, mamas, twin moms. Twin mamas we feel you, there, girls. Or I don't kill this. Moms are multiples. Oh, I don't know how you guys with three or four do it. It's insane. So let's talk now a little bit about what you find when you Google some oh, of these symptoms. So I told Kel, I was like, Google it. Like, again, I am a Google queen. Like, I literally Google. She's like, okay, what's what does it say on our website? I'm like, okay, let me Google it. She's like, did you just Google our website? And I'm like, <laughs> so you don't have it Poor saved? Amy. I was like, I don't know. Just Google it, right? Um, so Kel, I was like, Google it. What does it say? What'd you type in? Oh, you typed in, um, stress incontinence. Yes. No, you, you said peeing after baby or something like that. Uh, leaking urine after baby. Oh, that's right. Leaking yes. urine after baby. And one of the first. Oh, we're calling them out. It's on what to expect. Yes. What to expect. We're I calling them out. out. What to expect. And this title is Postpartum Urinary Incontinence. What to do about loss of bladder control after childbirth. 
And the very, you scroll down a little bit, they talk about it, but you scroll down and they start listing things. And the number one thing they say is to do your Kegels. Now y'all, this gets me fired up. It's so funny. (laughs) This is not okay. Because if you Google a lot of these issues. Kegels, do your Kegels. It's do your Kegels. And unfortunately, a lot of your medical providers will say the same damn thing. My medical provider told me to do the same thing. I went in at my six-week postpartum visit after having my first, and I told my OB what was happening. I said, I am peeing myself. I am leaking urine, and it's bad, and it's embarrassing, and how do I fix it? And she told me to go home and literally just do my Kegels and that it would get better on its own. No. Yeah, it's so funny. I wish I could see her. Kelly does not get fired. I get real fired up. I get super spicy. Not me. Kelly doesn't. So when she gets fired up like this, like mm. her face is all red. Mm-hmm. She's like super. If, it if, pisses me off. <laughs> it really does. If we That's had someone here one. to fight, she'd, she'd be like, let's go right now. Oh my gosh, I'm And dying. then you scroll down and yeah, they <laughs> list other things. Train your bladder. Increase your increase your fiber intake. Well, that's going to mm. help with like your poo. Like, I it's know, not but it. Yeah. Anyways, you keep scrolling down. Maintain a healthy weight is one of them. Bitch, Uh, I just had a baby. Like, really? (laughs) So then you keep scrolling down. You scroll down. And then it goes into when to talk to your doctor about postpartum. Oh, no. You forgot this one. No, no. This is your favorite. Oh. (laughs) Oh. You forgot that one. Invest in postpartum pads. F you. No. I already have pads. I don't need no more pads. That's not going to fix anything. That's putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to get pee in my pants. I'm just going to get pee in the pad. Okay, great. What do I do about it? Oh, she's so mad. She just threw everything So, (laughs) please, you know, if if we're – you're listening to this and you guys – and you hear this and you're like, yes, that's me. Like, please just don't accept this as your new normal because – it, it just is should. It, so people like people get so they get mad at us because they're always like, I don't like when you guys say it's not normal because this is what I'm dealing with. And we get that. And we're not saying that like this is not a normal thing. You're not that alone. Yeah. You're not alone. This is but- not like a normal thing that doesn't happen after babies. Yes. This is very like this is very common. Yes. But it's like accepting this is like, well, I guess I'm just going to be peeing and pooing this, on myself. This like, is not how our body is meant to work. Right. It's, and there's things that we can do about it. So right. when there's things that we can do about it, right, then we need to understand, like, that's that's these interventions that we're trying to say. So so in the clinic, like, here we go. Mm-hmm. You guys come in. Pelvic floor PT. What does that look like? We say, okay, you filled out your intake forms. You've done all the things. You're like, you tell – this is normally how it goes. They're like, I have some heaviness you know, some pain with sex. And then we ask them more questions and mm-hmm. we're like, um, do you feel like you have to wipe 100 times when you go to the bathroom? They're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like this way, that way. And then you do a couple loop-de-loops <laughs> and then you're still cl- not clean. And they're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's um, like fecal smearing and possibly some leakage or incontinence. And like, oh no, no, that's not me. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it is. I'm like, okay, well, do you ever, you know, lift a leg in yoga and get like vaginal air trapped mm-hmm. after you've had babies? And like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was wondering. Oh my gosh, probably my pelvic floor. It's just so weak. Mm -hmm. No, it's either not coordinating well. Mm -hmm. It's not – you could have some other trauma. You could have unilateral, meaning one-sided overactivity. You could have some just general weakness. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a time and a place for Kegels, but guess what? Most of the women that we see are not doing Kegels correctly. Right. Right. And it's not just kind of – it's basically like it's it's a blanket statement and it's kind of like telling – someone who just tore their quadricep, their thigh muscle. 
oh, just do leg extensions. You well, should be fine. there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to what we were talking about, about, you know, your body guarding and overprotecting mm-hmm. an area that just had trauma. Well, why in the world, if we have a muscle that's guarding and tight and tense, why are we going to keep doing that same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So in all reality, when we see clients and patients in the clinic postpartum, more oftentimes than not, your pelvic floor is actually needs down training, which is kind of, it needs more length. It needs to be quote unquote stretched a little bit. You don't, we, yes, eventually we want to strengthen it. We talk about balance a lot. I think that's the big thing. It has to be balanced. So again, we always think like, oh, it just needs to be strong, 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 strong. No, it needs to be balanced. Mm-hmm. It needs to it needs to be able to lengthen. It needs to be able to coordinate. Mm-hmm. When we say core, there's four components of your core. Your pelvic floor is just one of those. And then you have the deep, deep core transverse abdominus muscle, your diaphragm. All of that stuff has been pushed and pulled and moved during pregnancy. So that whole system is off. So again, a lot of this shows up with pelvic floor dysfunction. So finding balance and finding coordination mm-hmm. with all of these groups of muscles mm-hmm. is essential, is key. It cannot just be, sure, go squeeze like you're peeing, like you're stopping mm-hmm. yourself from peeing and that's going to fix everything because yeah. I'll be darn nine times out of 10. It's not. Yeah. So again, it doesn't matter if you're fresh postpartum or you've got grown ass kids that are 20, 30 years old. Right. If you are having any of these issues that we discussed, don't accept this as your new normal just because you are a mom. Like, you deserve better. Demand it. Ladies, we hope you learned something new about you today. We encourage you to share this podcast with your friends that might have questions about pelvic floor or women's health. If you have more questions or are interested in getting treatment, please visit us at theravel.com. That's the R-E-V-E-L-L-E.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the.ravel or Facebook at facebook.com backslash the.ravel. 